Welcome back to Ways to Love Your Money. I'm Elizabeth Dawson, and it's just such a pleasure. The guest that we have today is going to be amazing. We're going to talk about family financial literacy, and I think it's an incredible, incredible compliment to um, this man and his wife, what they have been doing with their adult daughters. Uh, so that his name is uh, Chris Foster, and just please stay tuned. But before we actually go into the show, I wanted to bring up something for you because um, I want you to take a moment and go to our Facebook and also all of our other social media pieces and click on them. Uh, even if you go to our website, waystoloveyourmoney.com, you'll be able to see any and all videos that we actually produce for the Ways to Love Your Money show and mini videos. And I think that they are also by title, which you can kind of just look and see what information you're looking for and you can search for it and actually something really positive will come in your um, you know, to your screen or, or to your Spotify. So uh, thanks so much. Stay tuned. We have Chris Foster here. He's the VP of Modern Postcard. You won't want to miss it. Welcome back to Ways to Love Your Money. I'm Elizabeth Dawson, and we have our guest here today, Mr. Chris Foster. He is the VP of Modern Postcard, and we're going to have him talk about that. But more interestingly, since this is a money show, we've talked about some real personal things about his wife and him, what they're working on for their two daughters to become amazing young women and earning and having great incomes and careers. But I think we're going to talk a little bit about balance as well, and I think that that's an important factor. So again, thank you so much for being here, Chris. It's a joy to have you. Uh, it's, it's just wonderful that you're going to share your story with us a little bit. And um, I think one of the questions that we had for you too was, what do you feel at this point is your biggest mission on trying to accomplish the best future for your daughters? Great question. Um, the biggest mission that we have as parents is so that they launch themselves as bright, young, successful, capable women who they are but giving them the confidence that they can start their young adulthood on the right path moving forward so that they can move ahead and build on any kind of generational wealth that we're trying to build for them. So both of them are in college right now. Well, my youngest one is at SDSU, my oldest one is in graduate school. And so as they start navigating, moving into the next couple of years and into the economy, as we know, it's gonna be an uncertain economy. Sure. So what we're trying to do is equip them with as much knowledge and as clear thinking as we can provide about the money involved with launching yourself into young adulthood. Mm. When I was young and I was 22 and I knew this there. much about anything, um, I, uh, I curled myself out to San Diego with $35 in my bank account. Wow. So that was the easiest way to start a professional career <laughs> and to get myself on the path as a young adulthood. So what we're trying to do with our girls is to say, all right, here's how much college costs. Here's how much debt will be. If you start earning now with part-time jobs, this is what you can save up when you leave college. And so these are some trade-offs we have with out-of-school versus in-state school. We have an in-state school. You don't have to worry about tuition. We've got that covered. But then you can bank some money so that when you launch out of college, mm. you're actually starting ahead instead of a deficit. Whereas my oldest is diving in to get a graduate degree as early as possible. So then she's going to be launching at a very young age with a, with a high um, education degree and put herself into the workforce at more advanced stage than some of her peers at her age. So it's a balance and it's different for each one of them, but the mission really is to get them going so that when they're in their early 20s, they're feeling confident and they're feeling mm -hmm. ready for that next stage of their life to really move their adulthood forward. 
So are you having conversations about money with both of your daughters? Are you, are you kind of getting into the nitty gritty? Because I'm almost going to rewind a moment here too, because if you said you just came to San Diego when you were young with $35 in your pocket and you didn't have any formal education about money, um, did, you, did you meet a mentor that started to open these doors or ideas or thoughts? How did, how did your relationship with money actually come about? That's a great question. You know, I, I didn't talk as candidly, as frankly, with my parents as I should have and I would have liked. Looking back, I wish that they would have helped me out a little bit more in terms of, you know, real frank conversations. I mean, when you're 20 years old, you think you know everything and you're not going to listen to much. But I think that persistently talking to your children about these types of things is um, super important so that they don't push you off and so that they really start sinking in with some of these lessons. And the frank conversations we've had with our girls is, Let's look at your budget. Let's look at how much you make. Let's look at what the um, the payments are. So our girls pay for their cars, right? They pay for their phone, right? They do the things that they need to do to start budgeting and balancing, um, you know, you know, the income that they're making plus also expenses that they have, right? Because they're young adults and they're not. We're not going to pay for everything right now. And so I think that what we're trying to do is to say, what lessons did we not get? <laughs> when we were in our young adulthood, and what lessons then can we say, gosh, I wish I had this. Um, you know, and my wife is a, a very, she's a fantastic budgeter, and she understands how to break things down. And so we try to pass that on to our kids and be transparent about it so that they understand where things are coming from, where things are going. I'll give you a good example. Uh, on our Amazon bill, we have, we kind of go, go kind of line item by line item to see who's paying for what, what we cover, what they cover themselves. Mm -hmm. And as a family, we go over it. Because, you know, it's easy to, for everyone to go on Amazon Prime and order a gel pack or order an ice block, right? <laughs> you can order anything. So we're trying to have those real transparent discussions as they're young adults so they understand it so that when they move into the world, uh, they can manage it themselves. Well, I want to kind of go into another part of that conversation because now you're, you're diving deep into really what the responsibilities of spending money are and not just to buy things that are, you know, not normal, you know, purchases. We talk a lot about, you know, researching those big purchases so we can maybe find the best price or the best deal. Um, mm -hmm. But ultimately, it's about having balance. And I think we talked a little bit about this too because you said it's so important for you to have that foundation for your daughters. But that, you know, one of your greatest accomplishments. I'd like you to, I'd like you to kind of um, elaborate on your greatest accomplishments of what you really want to get out of training your daughters now, giving them that information so they don't, you know, freeze up talking about money and and start to have a different kind of forward life. Well, no, it's, and, and it is funny because it's, those are hard conversations to have. It's a great question, Elizabeth. And so I'm a marketing guy, and so I build all these models, like positioning models for my work, you know, competitive mm -hmm. models and stuff like that. So I talked with my wife, and we, had, we came up with a model that works for our family. Mm -hmm. And imagine a little grid where on the lower left-hand corner is feels bad, and the lower left-hand corner is, is dumb. And then feels good is at the top, and is smart is at the top. So the decisions you want to make is in that upper right-hand corner that feels good and is smart. <laughs> and and, and any, any decision plays on that map, right? You can have a, a, a decision that feels really good, but is kind of dumb. Mm. Or maybe it doesn't, is smart, but it doesn't feel great. But it doesn't feel bad, mm -hmm. which means maybe you can make a really smart decision that doesn't feel so great because you can get through that feeling. Or maybe, you know, it's clearly no one wants to make dumb decisions that make you feel bad. Mm -hmm. <laughs> right? right. And so we talk with them about is for the big purchases like you talk about, 
let's figure this out. And that's where we, when we enter the collegiate situation and collegiate decisions, let's map this out on an is good or is smart feels good map. Mm -hmm. We're going to buy a car. Let's do an is smart feel good map. Right. So for my youngest daughter, the car that we ended up getting her, which she pays for, by the way, for her monthly payments, was a Nissan Leaf. Oh, right. It can't go so fast and it can't go so far. And the cheapest charging place is right here at home. Wow. <laughs> that that, that makes mom and dad feel good. <laughs> right. <laughs> but also she feels good because she pays for the car herself and she yeah. loves the car. She's great at it. And then teaches her responsibility of mileage and making sure that, you know, where she's going to charge, how she's going to do it. And so it actually worked out on the is smart, feels good craft and placed well. And so those are the types of things where that's a nice little tool that we've learned uh, to make some of those big purchase decisions, mapping it out that way before we actually move ahead with a choice. Well, you're talking about something that I think every family should be doing right now. They should have been doing it all along, but it's financial literacy and life skills. You know, life skills are such a major component to learning how to, um, you know, what's the concept of money? What's balancing a budget? What does writing bills look like? You know, oh gosh, if I buy these groceries and I just let them spoil, that's a lost opportunity. You know, we just, we just, money just went out the window. And so um, financial literacy, I think, is so important because the majority of people today, they don't have good financial literacy platforms that they grow up from. And no one is, I mean, so many people are secretive or they're afraid to talk about money around their kids. And I don't know why that is, but from generation to generation, they've done that. You know, and, and, the, and the concept or the communication of money or money decisions that you're doing as a family, it's probably something you should market and patent, you know, because you've got this little grid that's very sensible and, and it ha it's very logical, right? So those, those would be things that you can follow. Of course you want endorphins out of the decisions that you make. So if it feels good, yeah, that's a great endorphin to have. Uh, right. We did talk about something else too, and, and the question that I asked you in this little questionnaire was, what is a wish list item that you know you have not achieved yet about money? Do you remember the answer that you gave me there? Yeah, yeah I do, and, and I think that is probably everybody's wish list item, and everyone wants to not think about it. Mm -hmm. Everyone wants to be able to do kind of what they want to do, how they want to do it, with a, a degree of freedom and certainty that they don't worry about mm, what's the trade-off and what's the choice or what's the consequences mm -hmm. of this. And it's it's a wish list item that is ever elusive, right? Except for the very few. Um, everyone at some point is going to have to think about that. And, and the more I think about this, Elizabeth, the more I actually think that that's a, that's a good thing, mm -hmm. right? Because anything in life has some kind of consequence of some kind. Mm -hmm. Any choice has some consequence to yourself and to the community around you and to yeah. either your family or to the, to the broader community. So even just having to think about how you spend and where you spend and why you spend, mm -hmm. I actually think it forces us to think about the consequence of the choice, mm -hmm. right? And what, mm -hmm. what, how does this affect others, right? You know, so um, do you contribute to a political contribution? And is that something that you do monthly? If so, what do you give up? Or you say, gosh, you know, I'll easy spend money on this, but for some reason I have a hard time writing a check to a foundation um, about something that I care about. Why is that, right? Why? why why do we make those trade-offs and those choices? I'm, I think that academically I'm interested in that, but also personally, we have to figure out how do you balance the things that you want versus mm. the things you maybe should be doing, right? And it's a constant, um, it's, it's like you're on a, one of those little half um, semicircle balls in yoga, right, where you're always kind of trying to find your balance. 
that's the way it is daily. And so even though the wish list is that I won't worry about money, it's probably actually a good thing that I think about it. It's probably good for me that I do. Absolutely. Well, and you're a busy professional. You're, you're um, a, a VP of really a marketing company, you know, Modern Postcard. You're busy. And another aspect that we were talking about a little bit was, you know, your ability to balance career, family, being driven about income. Uh, those are challenges for so many people. I know that that's one of the biggest aspects that you wanted to get out of this interview because uh, we talk about this quite often. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I have a lot of um, men friends who are my age, and they've got family, they've got kids. You know, the big question for them is, you know, am I going to be working 80 hours a week and not see my family, or if I'm, am I going to work 20 hours a week and we're going to struggle every month? Mm-hmm. So the models growing up that I had were a little bit skewed. My dad was, um, uh, he was a doctor, a psychiatrist, and in Pittsburgh in the 1980s, when the steel industry collapsed, he was very busy. So he ran a drug and alcohol rehabilitation unit at the hospital. I never saw him. Oh wow! I never, yeah. Because he worked, he worked, but he liked to work too. He had choices he could have made mm-hmm. in terms of his work, and he always chose to work mm-hmm. rather than be with family. I knew I didn't want to do that. Yet at the same time, we want to make sure that we can be in San Diego, family of four, you know, you know, four to send our kids to a college education, puts them away from retirement. So you have to earn a certain amount. And, you know, my wife works too, so she's in it to, to win it as well. And so we're all kind of figuring out how do I balance maintaining a domestic harmony along with bringing income in. And there's there's never a right answer. There's just a choice and a life, and it's always going to be different for each family and each person too. Um, so the, the men folk that I talk with, we have different answers. We have different ways of doing it. Um, and I think that the, as long as you, you, what I figured out is that you have to articulate and write down, really truly write down in a, in a, uh, with a pen and paper, what is the degree of balance and what is the optimal life balance that I want to have in my life and our family life. And um, I found that writing all that stuff down has been extremely helpful um, when I try to plan more responsibly for my life, <laughs> which sometimes works and sometimes doesn't. <laughs> <laughs> it's, always a, it's always a balance of trying to figure those things out, but I think when we are raised at a young age and we have those experiences and we just it just decides who we want to be, what we want to become, I think it's really important. And, and you know, I can't thank you enough, Chris, for being on the show. I think it's been an amazing you know, conversation. I know that you had one aspect that you wanted to encourage people to do locally, and that was to support small businesses. So we definitely want to support small businesses. Uh, but again, we'd love to have you come back, and maybe when we can finally be back in, in place with people, we'd, have you, we'd love to have you here in person, since you're not that far away. So thank you so much, Chris. It's a, it's a pleasure to have you, and uh, it's been a thrill to be part of this entire journey together and talking about the relationship and family financial literacy and talking about money, talking about how money works. So again, stay tuned. We'll be right back. We're going to kind of finish the episode in just a moment, and uh, we look forward to talking to you. Wasn't Chris amazing? Such a breath of fresh air. You know, using life experience and also trying to set up your children for this financial success, not only with money relationship, but also life balance. That's a testimony to so many of us. So again, thank you so much, Chris, for being on the show. Uh, One thing that we want to make sure that you're invited to is to our 
uh, Ways to Love Your Money Facebook group. We would love for you to be a part of that. Please click like and follow us. We do have a question from, from our audience, and uh, Rachel here behind the scenes is going to call it out to me. Okay, this question says, I have watched a lot of your shows, and what do you mean when you say pay yourself first? They also left a note saying, also, I love this podcast. It's so helpful. Oh, good. I'm so glad. That makes it all worth it. You know, uh, it's it's very interesting when it's about paying yourself first, and I think we can actually glean from the um, interview we just had with Chris. Uh, when we're young, if we start, whether it's a 401k at work or you have opportunities for other, um, other pieces to save, uh, start saving sooner versus later. So what do you, how do you do that? The interesting thing is, is that if we earn money and we have the ability to actually create wealth for our future, uh, we have Katie, which she's been on the show several times, but from a very young age, they told her to, her parents told her to save half of what she received. So whether it was a gift from grandparents, whether it's starting to work, and it's the ability to save. I think Chris even mentioned something too, that if you want to give something to some type of donation or to something else, what is the, um, what is the endorphin factor? What, does it make you feel good? And what are you willing to give up to what you, you know, give, give something up to get what you want uh, in return or from the opportunity that you had? So paying yourself first, I think is important. I think it's looking at your income that you have coming in and then how much of that income are you gonna save? When I was a young child, I kind of uh, worked since I was 12 years old, and so I had W-2 earnings for many, many years. And I remember when I first came into the financial services industry, and I looked at my Social Security statement. Not many people pull it up, but we ask for it when we go through our planning process. And I saw from the time I was 12 years old, so it was from 1982, so I just aged myself, right? Um, I saw income that was reported for my Social Security wages. and. The interesting thing that I asked myself when I was in my early 30s, I said, well, where's all that money? That's the sad truth, where's all that money? We work hard every single day. If we want financial independence of any kind, we need to be more conscious of the relationship with money and how much are we wanting to save to be able to have the future that we want. It's not just about retirement, it's about getting to retirement and saying, I have the ability to walk away or I can continue to work. You either love work you yeah. love family, you love what you do, hopefully there's a balance with that, but just make sure that you don't cut yourself short. Save for the future, save for the home that you wanna have, the wish list that you wanna have, and uh, accomplish your goals, dreams, and desires the way you wanted to accomplish them. But it ha takes a little bit of hard work. So life gets expensive, we know this, but saving is really important too, so that if there's ever an emergent situation or we're thinking about something for our future, we wanna be able to have a better relationship with what we're doing. I hope this was helpful. It was a great show this week. Stay tuned. Again, next week we'll have another show coming out. Take care. The information provided in this show is for informational and educational purposes only. This show is not investment advice, nor is it intended to address the financial needs of any particular viewer. The opinions expressed on this show are not intended to be an endorsement of any particular investment strategy or service of any other kind. You must make an independent decision regarding investments or strategies mentioned throughout the show. Before acting on information in this show, you should consider whether it is suitable for your particular situation and strongly consider seeking advice from a financial advisor.